Hey, this is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a podcast to help parents build kids who are going to build the kingdom of God. My name is Jay Holland, and I'm going to be bringing with me 20 plus years of student ministry, foster parenting, and parenting my own kids to try to help give you some tips, tricks, tools to help you thrive and not just survive these parenting years. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining in today in what is going to be part one of a two-part podcast uh, called Dad's Thoughts on Dating. I'm a dad. I've got uh, lots of kids and some of them are coming up on the precipice. Actually, only one of them is coming up on the precipice of of dating now. And uh, so I have been thinking and thinking about this since July 14th, 2002 got a lot of thoughts, and I can't squeeze them all into one podcast. So let me tell you something. Even if you don't have kids near the dating age, this is going to be really helpful for you because the best time to start coaching your kids is way, way in advance because then you can talk to them about it, point out other relationships, and show the bad things that everybody else is doing so that they realize what a disaster it would be, and they hopefully stay far, far away. The other end is even if your kids are already married, uh, because maybe you're my grandma, I don't know. If you're my grandma, this may not be very applicable to you, but but for the rest of us, we have friends that are in dating, and, and the stuff that I'm going to talk about isn't just applicable for teenagers in dating. It's it's all the way around. So hope you enjoy it, and if it's helpful to you, pass it along to somebody else. Share it. Uh, you can point them to our website, letsparentonpurpose.com. You can point them to iTunes or Android or Google. Um, wherever, what, what, however you found it is probably the best way that they'll find it as well. So just share that with them. And with that, let me just start this with a little story. Uh, not too long ago, I think it was a few years ago. So I don't know, three, four years ago, I'm from West Virginia and I was driving back to Florida through the middle of the night. And as I was driving, it must've been three, four o'clock in the morning. And I, uh, I was the only one in the van awake. Everybody else had been sleeping for some time, and I was getting a little bit groggy. And I just started thinking through my family and how blessed I felt to have the family that I did. And I thought about my little girl and just started, you know, butterfly kisses came on in my head and childhood memories of, of all of the different things we'd done. And I started thinking that, wow, she's she's 12 years old or 10 years old, whatever it was, and um, it's not going to be that long before some slime ball boy shows up and asks to go out on a date with her um, and asks to rob me of my precious possession. And and it's funny because uh, I, I had been real sleepy, and I just noticed that within minutes my uh, my knuckles were white, the steering wheel had indentations in it, and my adrenaline was surging. Uh, so I started imagining all the different ways that I might be able to um, to harm or maim such young man. Um, but the, the sad truth is I'm a youth pastor, so probably I'm not going to be allowed to really harm and maim boys and keep my job. So I've, I've tried to do the next best thing, which is create a culture of young people where it's not just my kid, but where a whole group of them gets it and just brainwash them all on the same principles so that hopefully uh, they can protect one another. And then who knows, ultimately some of them are going to get together. Hey, if you can't, 
can't find somebody in church, where are you going to find them? So let me just share a few critiques today that I have with the modern dating culture, and I, I probably have 10,000 critiques, um, but I just want to express three today, and ones that I think might make sense, and even as you talk to your kid, instead of saying that, that dating is horribly bad and don't ever go in a relationship, uh, don't ever go into a relationship until you're married, which, yeah, that'd be great, but it's not going to happen. Um, and, the, and the other aspect is, like, I want my kids to have practice with relationships while they're in my home instead of just waiting until they're gone um, and then they're, we're not there to advise and counsel. At the same time, I do want to protect them from a lot of the foolishness that happens and uh, just you know every scary nightmare scenario that you can imagine. So here's just a, a few critiques, and then I'll get into a couple practical coaching tips that maybe you'll find helpful to instill in your kids or even share with those, if, if you don't have kids in the house anymore, share with those you know that are either approaching or walking into dating experiences. So Romans chapter 12, uh, in verses 9 and 10, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love and give affection, give affection to one another, give preference to one another in honor. You know, this is the opposite of the modern dating culture. Uh, first off, in in our modern dating culture, the love, quote, love is hypocritical. Um, people think that it's best to get to know somebody by dating them. But what happens when, when you start dating somebody, especially somebody that you don't know really well, both people put on kind of a false image of who they are. Uh, they, they put on their absolute very best. The guy is, you know, the most charming, most thoughtful, most gentlemanly he has ever been. Uh, and, and the female primps for two hours, goes through 15 different changes of clothing, and thinks all of his jokes are funny. Um, and this just isn't reality. So what happens is you spend the first several times in your relationship, especially with a stranger, kind of with two actors in the relationship. You, you know, you, sell, you, you tell some truth about yourself, but your personalities are often not what they really are. And so it's a hypocritical love. You don't really get to know that person. And then often by the time you do get to know them, there's been time invested. Uh, a lot of times physical boundaries have been crossed. And so it's much more hurtful and complicated to get out of the relationship. So the hypocritical love, that's one of my critiques. Uh, the next is just that uh, you, you think of that verse, it says, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And, and our dating culture does not do that. It doesn't abhor to evil and hold fast to what's good. Uh, it isolates couples from other healthy relationships. When people, you know, young people and even adults, they're, they're desperate to have somebody, and it's really not about um, being a blessing. It's about filling a hole, filling a need in their life. So as soon as they get it, they start isolating from other healthy relationships, and they, instead of being a blessing to other people, um, they can make other people feel awkward, or they're just ghost out of commitments, responsibilities, and relationships that they had. Um, they start to feel like they own one another when in truth they don't own each other. They, you know, it's they don't own each other's time. They don't own each other's physical bodies. They don't own each other's emotional health. But uh, we have this little pretend marriages that happen where people pretend like they, uh, they are completely beholden to the other person 
and then they break up. So they practice divorce, and then they go to the next one, and they completely own each other, and then they break up, and they practice divorce. And this, no wonder we have such a high divorce culture, because we don't practice relationships that stick together. We practice little mini divorces. And then finally, the because this typical pattern doesn't start on the basis of friendship, there's a lot less urgency um, to follow through on the last part of that Romans 12 verse, the be devoted to one another in brotherly love. You know, I remember when I was in high school, um, God spared me quite a few relationship mistakes because I was a big dork. So most of the people that I wanted to go out with wouldn't go out with me because it just took a long time for my head to grow into my ears and my pointy nose to kind of get some body fat around it. And I was really good at um, schoolwork, which isn't terribly attractive in middle school and high school to the girls that I wanted to go out with. So uh, I was I was spared in a lot of ways from some really stupid mistakes and some relationships. But I did have others, and uh, and I just was dumb in them uh, all the way through middle school and high school. The very few relationships I had, I just I I took advantage of the relationship. I made mistakes, and one of the big reasons I know is because none of those girls were girls that I was truly friends with before I started dating, and none of them were girls that I was friends with really after we were done. It was like, hey, I don't really know who you are, but you're cute, and you actually will go out with me. You want to date? Sure. And then when it's done, kind of never speak again. And uh, and I compare that to a couple other really good friendships that I had with uh, girls through high school where they were they were beautiful girls. They were really fun to be around, and we were really good friends and probably could have started a dating relationship. But there was something in the relationship where I knew that it wouldn't work out long term. For whatever reason, whether it was it was me or life direction or what, I knew that it wouldn't work out long term. And so I didn't start the relationship. And it wasn't, oh, no, I can't date them because they're too good of friends. It was, no, I won't date them because they're my friend, and I know it's not going to ultimately work out, and I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to ruin the friendship. So, But but by default, what that means is the, the typical person we go out with, we don't care about ruining the friendship. And, uh, you know, one of the things I try to tell my kids, and I got a lot of my kids, uh, Anybody that comes into our youth ministry, I kind of consider my kids. Uh, if you don't worry, if you're not worried about harming the friendship, then you have no business dating the person because you protect friends in ways that you don't protect other people. So uh, as a dad who's made plenty of mistakes as a teenager, um, talking to parents who likely did the same thing, and maybe you struggle sometimes with feeling like you're a hypocrite because you did things wrong. Well, let me just give you one other example. One time I stuck my finger in this giant barn door and I closed the barn on my finger and it was super foolish. Like, I mean, there's no, it was such a weird scenario. There's no way that I should have done it, but it hurts so bad. And I tell that story to my kids uh, and I tell them, you you would be an absolute fool to stick your hinge in a barn door. Don't do it. And I never feel like a hypocrite for telling them to not make the same mistake I did. I love them. I want to protect them from it. So as a dad who's made the mistakes, um, let me offer this advice to parents who are trying to influence their kids and coach them. 
in dating relationships. So talk about this stuff way in advance. Some of you are already there, so talk about it now. But when it's time to start dating, here's just four uh, tips that, that you want to reinforce. Number one, when it's time for you to start dating, only date people that are already your friends. Why? Because this will make you much more selective about who you date, and, and you won't be willing to hurt your friend if you're pretty confident that the long-term relationship isn't going to work out. Um, you can still go do things with your friends. That's awesome. But you know, if you're, if you're talking about a romantic interest, then you'll want to start with the basis of friendships because friends take care of one another a lot more. Also, that just gives you more time to know them, right? Um, so you kind of know who they are ahead of time. Another one, when it's time to start dating, even even if it's friends, only dating groups for a really long, long time. Why is that? A uh, few reasons. Number one, there's just safety in numbers. Um, there's a lot less pressure on you to be someone you're not and to do things that you shouldn't do uh, you, because you know that uh, you have good friends. And if you're in groups, hopefully you'll crave the wisdom of those friends and you'll let them speak into your life. You'll you'll let them tell you, hey, this person is not as good as you think they are, or wow, I think they're really kind and nice. Um, so when you date in groups, you kind of get the the village helping you out uh, in, in protecting you and giving you wisdom in that relationship. And then also when you date in groups, it's much less conspicuous when dad is hiding in the background with the hammer to swoop in and crack a boy on the skull in case things go bad. So dating in groups is a good thing. Uh, number three, when it's time for you to date, be clear to that person that they don't own you, they don't own your time, and they don't own your body. Uh, maybe Beyonce was only right about one thing ever in her life. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Um, and until that time, they're just a boy or a girl that uh, that you're interested in, you're growing to learn in a relationship, you enjoy being around, but they don't own you. Um, and just encourage your kids, hey, you're free right now, and very likely you're going to be married for a long time in your life. And at that time, you're not free. Marriage is good, but I'm not free in my time. My time belongs to my wife, belongs to my job, it belongs to my kids. Uh, my free time is now down to 5 a.m. to 6.30 in the morning, and then a little bit of slices at other times during the day. But uh, every other piece of my, my life, I, I am obligated to somebody in a good way, but I'm still obligated to them. So you start the dating relationship. Be clear, they don't own you. They don't own your time. They don't own your body. You don't have to check in with them. You don't have to run by them who you're allowed to talk to and where you're allowed to be. Uh, they don't own you. They're not paying your bills. And uh, they have not made a life commitment to you. And then finally, when you're analyzing who to be with, this is, this is really one that I strongly, strongly encourage. When you're analyzing who to be with, don't think primarily about how well they treat you. And that sounds a little strange. Don't think about how nice they are to you and how great they are to you. That's important, but I'm, I'm assuming if you want to be with them and a dating relationship is in the works, they might also want to be with you. So they're going to be pulling out all of the stops to be with you. This is a big reason why you want to take some time, let there be friendships, do it in groups, because you want to analyze not how they are to you, but how are they to the person that they have nothing to gain from? How are they to the person that's not going to bump their social status or get them in anywhere? Maybe the person that's a little bit hard to be around. How do they treat that person? Because one day, that's how they're going to treat you. 
ultimately that's their character and that's what you can expect. So if they're kind to the people that maybe don't even deserve kindness, if they're gentle and nice and helpful to those that are going through a hard time, that's the kind of person you want to be with. So don't just think about how they are with you. Think about how they're with with the person that they have nothing to gain. So four quick pieces of advice. Um, Only date your friends. Only date in groups um, for a very, very, very long, long time. Um, Be clear about ownership, that uh, they don't own you, and then analyze how they treat those who don't necessarily give them any kind of societal benefit. If you can continually coach these things into your kids, if you can speak uh, into their lives and you guys can analyze other relationships using these principles, um, maybe when Thanksgiving comes one day or Christmas comes one day and uh, the son-in-law or the daughter-in-law comes along, you don't have a sudden case of anxiety, uh, heartburn, and nausea. So that's my hope for you, and hopefully this might help you in that route. So thanks so much for joining today. Hope you've had fun with it. And uh, again, I hope you caught this when your kids are little and you can coach them in it for a long time. Uh, Point out examples of people doing it terrible and you guys can laugh together as you plan the amazing people your kids are going to bring into their life. This has been Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. If you're on the Treasure Coast and don't have a church home, we'd love to have you out. Um, You can check out our church at covenantfellowship.com. Also, you can look at Let's parentonpurpose.com for podcast archives, a blog that goes with each of these. And that's also a good, easy way for you to help us out by sharing this with people that you know that might benefit from it. This has been Jay Holland reminding you that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't, don't freak out if you mess up a few things along the way. You got a long time to fix these things, but enjoy the ride. The kids are going to be gone soon and uh, we're going to miss them. So have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.